So if you have your Bibles, your electronic devices, I'm going to have you turn to two groups of Scripture. Uh, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 will be kind of like a, a focal verse for us. And then Proverbs chapter 6 uh, uh, we will use to help um, illustrate uh, this issue about friendships, relationships. Today I'm going to talk to you about biblical relationships, biblical friendships, and what they look like. The book of Proverbs has a lot to say about that. In fact, is Solomon has a lot to say about that. And so over the, ca- the, over the, over the course of the last several weeks, uh, we've been looking at this issue of wisdom. And Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs to help us understand what is wisdom. And we've learned that, that wisdom is not only being able to see the problem, but know how to handle it handle the problem. It's not only to be able to see the problem, but know how God wants us to respond or God wants us to, 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 to uh, what action God wants us to have as a result of, of the problem. And so, but Solomon talks about this issue of wisdom and Solomon begins helping us understand that one of the ways or maybe the main way that we get wisdom, we all know wisdom comes from God, but Solomon would say that this issue of wisdom will come when when you understand the importance of putting wise, godly, Christian friends around you. And what Solomon begins talking about is about these, your close relationships, the people that are in the, the closest circle of your relationships, the closest circle of your friendships, that the way in which you and I become wise is by taking and, and getting and placing some wise, godly friends around us so that they can speak into our life and so that they can give us wisdom. Because when we get into those spaces of life, when we get in those spaces of life and we're trying to decide what is, what is good and what is best, uh, when we're trying to decide what is, what is beneficial, what is responsible, how to make the best decision, you know, in those spaces of life to where we're not trying to make a decision whether, it's whether we sin or we don't sin, to where we get in those spaces of life to where we're just trying to decide what is the best decision for me. What is the most responsible decision? Maybe those spaces of life where, where there's not exactly a verse that applies directly to that situation. Like for a grandparent, how much ice cream should you give your grandkid? It's a little personal right now. Uh, or, or how long should they be able to look at your iPad? That's kind of personal right now. Or all those other spaces in life. And Solomon would say that when we get into these spaces of life and we're trying to make a decision, what is best, what is responsible, that is when we need wise relationships, wise friends around us. In other words, Solomon would go so deep to say, if you want to become wise, then, then put wise people put wise people around you. You guys did see that, right? Okay, it's not just me. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's the big one. Uh, <laughs> sorry, ADD. <laughs> hey, look, a squirrel. Anyway, we need to move on. Oh my gosh. So, so Jesus, Jesus, it's all when moments like this, always good to talk about Jesus. And so, uh, that Jesus believed this principle, right? So Jesus had the 72. He had 72 followers. He had 72. So he had the 72. And then inside the 72, he had the 12. He had 12 disciples. And inside the 12 disciples, he had the three, uh, Peter, James, and, and John. And like they were his closest friends. They were his closest relationships. And so what, what Solomon is trying to bring us to the point is not only to understand the need for friends, the priority for friends, and that friends, listen, friends shape you and you shape friends is what Solomon wants us to understand. 
And so Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, what he's saying, we'll read it in a second, is this, is that your life is defined by your relationships, good or bad. Your life and my life, that close circle, we're talking about the close circle of friends, the most influential friends you have, the ones that are closest to you. Your life is defined by your relationships, good or bad. And so maybe a question for you and, and, and for us this morning is this, who do you surround yourself with? Who are your closest friends? Do you have any contact with any Christian friends, any godly friends? Are you involved in a life group? Are you involved in Christian community? Is this your only touch, this service, with Christian friends and people that can speak into your life? You see, my goal today is to help you understand the, just the importance of surrounding yourself with, with the right kind of friends, what the Bible talks about. And that you and I would just like see it as this priority because here's what he says in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. In other words, what he's saying, whoever does life with the wise, it's not just a contact, it's just not a ca casual contact. In other words, this, whoever does life with a wise person, with a godly person, with a Christian person, does what? And becomes wise. And then all of a sudden he says, but, but... The companion of fools, and we'll help, we'll, we'll understand what a foolish person is, the way the scripture defines it, but a companion of fools, such a promise, companion of fools, not possibly, not maybe, not there's a chance, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. Uh, the truth is, this verse today is either working for you or against you. And Solomon would say the most important thing in life is wisdom. And the way in which we get wisdom is the people in which we place around us, that they're godly and wise. And so Proverbs chapter 6, all of a sudden Solomon begins helping us understand what, what a foolish person is. In other words, what type of person that you want to avoid putting in your closest relationships and in the most influential places of your life that can speak into your life. Because this verse can play out over and over and over in an individual's life. So Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16, here's what the scripture says. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness that breathes. I mean, that's like continual. That's like as continual as is is breathing it's just who they are a false witness that breathes out lies plural and one who sows discord among the brothers and solomon would say this solomon would say it's very very dangerous for you or i to take this type of person or these types of people or people with these characteristics and place them in your inner circle, your closest friends, and expect not to get burned by them, expect not to suffer harm by them. And so as a result, Solomon would tell us this, that we need to be intentional. In other words, we need to choose our friends instead of letting our friends choose us. And there's some characteristics in relationships and friendships that we need to look for. And so we're just going to walk through this. fact is, these six points this morning, just so easy, this just preaches itself. These six points this morning are the, the six types of people that Solomon says that, that we should avoid in our close relationships and our close friendships. And so the first one is this. Solomon would say in those close relationships, those close spaces of life, do not, uh, do not put a person in your close circle that thinks they are better than you, 
that thinks they are superior than you. See, Solomon uses that phrase and he uses that word, a person that has haughty eyes. In other words, haughty eyes refers to that person that just has this, this view that they're just superior to you or that they're, they're just like better than you. And, and it, it's someone, I would put it this way, it's someone that has if only eyes. In other words, this, if only. If only if you were as perfect as me, is only if you were as, as, as good as me, is on, if only as, if you were more like me. In other words, it's this person that just has this superiority that they feel like or they communicate that, guess what, that they're just, they're just better than you. I mean, some people can communicate that with their eyes. I mean, we talk about this all the time, that, that there's nonverbal communication. It, it's, it's, it's facial actions and, and, and all of those other things. It gets talked a lot, a, a, a lot um, many times after a presidential debate. When someone makes a statement and the cameras catch someone else rolling their eyes or showing a sign of disgust, and then all of a sudden people begin talking. That individual's arrogant. That in individual believes they're better than them. And so Solomon would say, you know, you be better be very careful. Do, you cannot have a close relationship with an individual that all of a sudden they have these if-only eyes they just feel like they're better than you. In other words, they just communicate, uh, I, I am valuable. And you, you're like worthless. I, I'm a winner and you're a loser. I'm, I'm a professional and you're a blue-collar worker. I'm educated and you're uneducated. I am beautiful and you're plain. I am married and you're single. I, I'm a conservative and you're a liberal. I'm a career woman and you're, you're a stay-at-home mom. I'm spiritually mature and you're immature. See, such arrogance is denounced over and over and over in Scripture. In fact, is Proverbs 16, 18 talks about this issue. And a lot of times we focus on the pride element. Here's what the scripture says. Pride goes before the destruction. Let's stop right there. A prideful person, what scripture tells us, is the only person that God is against. You know why? Because a prideful person is not going to listen to anybody. They're not going to listen to God. They're not going to listen to anybody. And so a lot of times that's what gets the focus of this verse. Pride goes before the destruction. But let's look what goes before the fall. Let's look at what goes before the destruction. Uh, and he goes on and he says, but a haughty spirit, uh, if only eyes, superiority, uh, superiority uh, goes before the fall. And so what he's saying is, is you don't want a close companion. Because if you have that, as a that person as a close companion, you're headed for destruction. In other words, what Solomon says, Solomon says just the opposite. That true friendships, true friends are considerate. True friends consider the needs of someone else. And this is what he says, Proverbs 17, 9. Whoever covers an offense seeks love. In other words, it, he's not covering sin. He, he's covering someone's offense. But he who repeats a matter separates close friends. In other words, this, a close friend is considerate. They're not blind to your imperfections. They're not blind to the things that have offended them. But they understand they're, just, they're, they're considerate. They just understand that, guess what? Nobody's perfect. But if, if I feel superior to you, then I believe that I'm superior and you're not. So I should point out all of your mistakes. I should point out all of your offenses. I should point out all of your faults. And so, but Solomon would say, a true friend in relationship, that close circle of friends, is considerate. The second thing is this, people that you should avoid put in your close uh, circle of friendships, a person who is dishonest. In other words, we've talked about this through the series, that this issue of, tr uh, of truth and trust, 
that truth and trust or truth is the glue that holds all relationships together. And so Solomon would say a person that is dishonest, and he would phrase it in verse 17, is, is someone that just has this lying tongue. In other words, we, we cannot walk close with someone who is loose with the truth without getting our hearts broken, without suffering harm. In other words, what Solomon will tell us all through the book of Proverbs, sooner or later, you have a close relationship with someone who, who lies, who is loose with the truth, sooner or later, you'll, you'll suffer harm. Sooner or later, you'll either be deceived or betrayed or hurt by them. If that's ever happened to you, then you know that pain. Listen, that pain, it's excruciating. What's even worse, what Solomon would tell us, because our friends shape us and we shape our friends, what may even be worse is just a temptation that if we walk with people, if we're close companion with people who handle the truth lightly, we run the risk of that being our way of life. See, uh, Solomon says, a true friend in that close circle of friendships, a true friend is someone who will level with you. A true friend is someone that will level with you and confront with love and speak the truth in love, even when it's painful because they, because they want the best for you. In other words, a true friend is willing to step in and not tell everybody else about you, but just to step in and say, you know what, I think you may have a blind spot in this area. You understand we all have blind spots, right? Every one of us has a blind spot. I meet people sometimes, and you know what, not me. I'm pretty self-aware of all of my blind spots. Really? Really, that's why it's called a blind spot. <laughs> all of us need friends close friends and listen let me tell you something these friends are developed very slowly these friends are developed over a lifetime these friends are, are friends that we bring in over seasons and seasons of life to where we all need people around us that love us and care for us they can step in and speak into our life when, when we, may, we may be making a bad decision Listen, I cannot tell you friends that have stepped into my life who have kept me from just making a bad decision. Help me understand a blind spot. Because true friends are considerate. True friends, true friends want the best for you. See, psychologists and counselors tell us that very few people have friends like this. Maybe that's why we don't become wise. Maybe that's why we don't grow at the rate that we should. Because we, we don't have anybody in our life that can just step into our life that we've been doing life with and says, says I just need to tell you something. And, and I love you enough just to tell you that I think you're blowing it. I think you're missing it here. I think you're headed down a wrong track. I think you're making a bad decision. Let, let me just ask, have you got anybody in your life? You got anybody in your life that can just step into your life and say, this may be a blind spot for you. This, I, I think you're missing it here. And you don't push them away. And you understand that they love you and they care for you. And you trust them to the point. You see, this goes both ways. See, Proverbs 24, 26 says this. Whoever gives an honest answer kisses the lips. In other words, an honest answer is an act of love. See, 
Solomon's saying, honesty, close circle of friends, honesty is a true sign of friendship. Here's the third type of person that you should never, never put in, in your close circle of friends, a, a person who, who devalues others. Solomon would phrase it this way. He says, he's verse 17, hands that shed innocent blood. Now, you may say, hey, this is one I've got right. I would never put an axe murderer in my close circle of friends. I mean, I'd never put a serial killer. I mean, I've got this one right. But you need to understand that this phrase, hands that shed innocent blood, this principle goes much deeper than the physical shedding of blood. In other words, innocent people can be destroyed a variety of ways. And, and Proverbs would say, you know what? There's just some people that you need to avoid. There's just some people you need to steer clear of. In other words, you need to steer clear of that person that just kind of throws their weight around. You need to steer clear of people who just kind of devalues people, whether things that they say or maybe their actions. You, you just need to kind of steer clear of people that, that you know what, when, when, when they're not moved, they're not moved by suffering and hardship. They're not even moved by the needs of others. And, and I mean, you know, it's just so interesting when someone goes through a crisis. Man, many times people will say, you know what, where is God? Where is God in the midst of the crisis? You know, as a pastor, you know what I ask? I don't ask where God is. You know what I ask? Where are the believers? Where are your Christian friends? Where's your life group? Where's the people that you've been doing life with? Where's the people that you've been doing life with that know you and love you? I mean, so, so Solomon is saying about this issue of, of close friends that you need to steer clear of people that just kind of take advantage of others because I'm telling you, if, if, if you become their companion, if you walk closely with them, one, the day will come when you will be their victim. Even worse, because friends shape friends, you may act like them. But Proverbs 27, 17, he says this. He says, he says, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. In other words, that, that, that phrase, this verse, out beside in the margin of my, my leather Bible, uh, I just wrote a simple phrase so I can remember. Friends shape friends. Friends shape friends. In other words, if you allow yourself to be influenced by someone who is wise, someone who is godly, someone who, who can speak into a situation, and, you, and, and you, as you start doing life with them and as you start walking with them, and then all of a sudden you begin admiring their choices, you begin admiring the way they handle maybe their marriage or relationships or how they handle their job, how they handle their, their marriage or the, the thought process they go through, making a biblical decision and a good decision a, and a best decision and a responsible decision, then all of a sudden as you do life with them and you admire those characteristics, you want to become more like that, right? I mean, you want to begin to make decisions like that as well because you see the blessing that's come on their life. You see what happens in their life. See, Solomon would say this. Solomon would say, listen, you're either benefiting or suffering because of your relationships around you or your friends. And for Solomon, listen, for Solomon, it's not so much a, a behavior thing as it is a proximity thing. That if you let someone who is foolish, who the Bible just determines is foolish, if you let someone who is foolish come in your close circle of friends and influence you, you will get burned. I mean, many of us in this room, we could give testimony, right? Many of us in this room could say, you know, some of the most hurtful times in my life, man, were those times when I was surrounded or with some friends that the Bible would consider foolish. I mean, they were just hurtful. And they were just painful. See, for, for Solomon, it's not so much a behavior thing. 
Is it a proximity thing? It, in other words, when you just read that verse, Proverbs 13, 20, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. Solomon says, a companion of fools, a, command, a companion of fools will suffer harm. Students, this is why your mom and dad are so concerned about your friends that are around you, your relationships around you, because they get this, they understand this. They understand that friends shape friends. They understand the influence that they, that, 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 that they have and that your friends have in your life. And this is why when mom and dad can press in into a student's life and begin to talk about their friends and, their, and the influence, and their students can push back and say, wait a minute, I'm not doing anything wrong. I mean, I'm not doing anything wrong. And Solomon would say, it doesn't matter. It's a proximity thing. See, this is not, listen, this is not just a student thing. This is an adult thing as well. And I'm, I'm telling you, there's a biblical principle that I've learned over life with your close friends that you are never more vulnerable to influence of relationships or influence of people than when your guard is down with someone who is close to you. You ever brought someone into that close circle of friends? And all of a sudden, you brought your guard down, and you realize, you know what? Should have never let them in. They should have never been in that close circle. That's why Solomon says, your friends shape you. And that's why Solomon says, a good friend, a good friend is constructive. A good friend will encourage you. A good friend will lift your spirits. A good friend is, is, is considerate. I mean, the Bible talks about this issue of relationships and friends. And that there's different types of people mentioned in Scripture. That, that what Proverbs says is that we should avoid is our in influence. Listen, it's easier. It is easier for someone to pull you down than it is sometimes for you to lift them up. That's why many people, listen, that's why many people struggle with self-esteem. Is because they have the wrong type of friends that are around them. And I, I'm just telling you, I don't know about you, but I know about me. All I need is encouragement from one friend. That can go a lifetime. That's why Proverbs says in Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves it at all times. Not sometimes, not when it's convenient, not when it's popular, not when it doesn't cost them anything. See, a friend, a friend, a friend loves at all times. But a brother, and a brother is born for adversity. In other words, this, a true friend, Solomon tells a true friend to be counted on. A true friend is dependable. In other words, this, a true friend will see you through a difficult season of life even when they don't have to. A true friend will walk with you through thick and thin. I mean, it's so interesting to me when I have people in my office or families in my office and, and, and they're going through a really, really tough season of life. They're going through a difficult time and there's emotion and there's crying and all of that other stuff. Never once as a pastor I've had someone in my office and talk about a, a, a difficult season of life. And then all of a sudden they look at me through tears and says, you know what? You know what we're so thankful for? We are so thankful we have that new furniture to get us through this. We are so thankful we have that new car to get us through this. You know what they say? We are so thankful we have friends. We are so thankful for our life group. We're so thankful for godly Christian friends. And it's friendships, it's relationships that helps us and walks with us through difficult times of life. Milestones and celebrations. And that's why Solomon talks about surrounding yourself with the right kind of friends. And if we're not careful, 
in those busiest times of life, we can no longer see it as a priority. We can no longer see life groups as a priority of building Christian friends because of the busyness in life. And Solomon said it should be a priority. The fact is, he, he believes in that in so much. He says a friend loves you when? A friend loves you at all times. In other words, what Solomon would say, a true friend is consistent. A, a true friend will stand by you even when you don't deserve it, even when it can come at a personal cost to them. You ever been in a situation to where you've kind of had relational difficulty with two friends and you have a friend step in and, and he knows or she knows all involved and that friend looks at you and says, you know what, I know all of you guys. I'm just not going to choose friends. I'm not going to choose sides. That's not a friend. A friend chooses sides. A friend does what is right. A friend stands with you, even when they don't have to, even when it can come at a cost to them. And that's why Solomon says that we need close, godly, wise friends around us. The fourth type of person that we want to avoid putting in that close circle of friends is a person that can justify their hurtful actions. I mean, it's just like they're blind to sin. I mean, Proverbs 6.18, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste and run to evil. In other words, what Solomon begins to tell us is we need to, we need to run swift like the wind in this type of individual. In other words, we cannot put this person in our close circle of friends that anybody who can design and implement and then justify shady or illegal or evil actions. I mean, in other words, that it, should, it should scare you. Because if you, if you have that person that can develop, implement, do some hurtful, evil things to people, and then justify their actions and justify why they did that, what Solomon said, the day is going to come when you're going to be their victim. The day is going to come when they devise an evil scheme, plan, and it's going to hurt you. You may confront them, and guess what? They'll just justify their, their actions. Another type of person that Solomon says that we should avoid putting in our close relationships of friends is this, is a person that destroys the relationships of others. Verse 19, he says, a false witness who pours out lies. Now listen, you, you, you may look at that and say, wait a minute, I thought we talked about this. I thought that was in the second one. When we talked about a person that breathes out lies, this sounds an awful lot like that, a, fa a false witness who pours out lies. Now on the surface it may seem like the same, but that word false witness, in, in the Hebrew it means one who slanders. It's much different than someone who just lies. It's someone who destroys the reputation of another. Someone who tells a story, says something that causes you to think less of the other person that they're talking about. I mean, if a person is quick to pass on damaging information about a third party, are they unable to keep sensitive information? Then I'm telling you, they cannot be in your circle of friends. They cannot be in your circle of close friends. And I'm just telling you, for me personally, if I'm out and someone's passing on damaging information or um, they're saying some things they shouldn't say about other people, you know what it does to me? Emotionally, I just pull in because I know I know the day is going to come. You know the day will come that they'll share information about me just like they're sharing information about that other individual. So Solomon says that we, we need friends. We bear our soul to. People with whom we can share secrets with and reveal dreams and fears and desires and 
confess sins or failures or whatever. But we can only do that when we have the assurance that under no circumstances, no matter what, that information will never get out to where we have people around us that we know they're taking it to the grave. Proverbs 18.24, he says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. He says, A man of many companions. Wrong to have many friends? No. But Solomon says, Focus not on quantity, on quality. In other words, Solomon said, You know what? You just can't be committed to everybody. I mean, I, I, as a pastor and what I do, I, I, I meet a lot of people. But I'm just going to tell you, one true friend is worth thousands of superficial friends. Solomon says friendship begins with commitment. That's why in the Old Testament, you see in the Old Testament, like David and Jonathan would like covenant together and make a covenant that they're going to be friends for life and they're never going to hurt one another, betray one another. The sixth and last person that you should avoid in putting your close circle of friends is a person who separates close friends. And it's just so interesting, uh, verse 19, and one who sows discord among the brothers. Uh, Proverbs 16, 28 says, a dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer or one who gossips, that's just another way of saying a gossip, separates close friends. Ever tried to have a relationship with someone who kind of just frequently stirs the pot of conflict and controversy wherever they travel? There seems to be always conflict. There just seems to always be uh, controversy. And, and they have like this unforgiving spirit. You know, the Bible, I know it's a harsh word, but this is what the Bible says. For a person that sows discard in the body, someone that has uh, that... that um, that whispers or gossips about people, the Bible would say that person is perverse. In other words, when you get into this issue in Scripture of divisiveness, the Scripture would say divisiveness in relationships cannot be tolerated. And in what Scripture would say that it's perverse and it's just out and out perversion of what it means to have honor and honoring God and integrity. Titus 3.10, as for a person who stirs up division, after warning him once and then twice, just have, have nothing to do with them. In other words, they cannot be in your close circle of friends. Someone who walks with God and has a, someone who walks with God, listen, they have a desire for reconciliation. That means when a, when a problem arises in a wise person's life, a godly person's life, you know what the Spirit of God does? The Spirit of God rises up in their life and says, you need to seek reconciliation. I mean, don't blow this out of proportion. I mean, don't draw unnecessary blood. I mean, in other words, resolve this. In the Spirit of God, a godly person says, you know what, I'll go to the person. In Matthew 18, I'll go to them. I'll talk to them before I make a decision, and I'll seek reconciliation. And the Scripture would say this, that anyone who claims to be a follower of Christ but turns away from reconciliation perverts the gospel. The very picture of the gospel at its core is this issue of reconciliation. And so Solomon would say, you should be very careful about people who enjoy like spreading all sorts of rumors and separating close friends because of gossip, and they cannot be a close companion to you. Proverbs eleven thirteen: whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, 
but he is but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered he's confidential and isn't it interesting we live in a time with, with stars and, and and sports stars and movie stars and celebrities of all these kiss and tell books coming out you know why they were never friends because a close friend regardless of how much money they're going to make off the books would never reveal i mean close friends confidential the quickest way to kill a relationship is to gossip it's an old preacher joke uh if i've told it to you uh just laugh along at the end and humor me there are these three preachers in town and they they pastored in the same town three different denominations and and they realized going through proverbs they didn't have any close friends and so as a result of that they said we're going we're to build a close relationship with each other they all liked to fish so they started fishing together once a week they'd go fish and so after about six months of that uh, one of the pastors says hey guys we need to take our relationship to a, to a deeper level so here's what let's do we wanted accountability let's have accountability so why don't we all confess a sin let's confess the sin we're dealing with and we'll pray for each other and then we'll hold each other accountable so they all thought that'd be a great idea so the first pastor goes goes first and he says well you know what my sin is he said i'm just struggling with materialism and greed and all those other things and so i mean it's just a real struggle for me so i'm just asking that you pray for me and so they okay we'll pray for you second guy goes and he goes you know my problem's a little bit deeper than that and and um he's i, I struggle with lust i just can't keep my eyes off the ladies and and sometimes I, I look at some images on the computer that I'm not supposed to look at. And so I just need for you to pray for me. And they say, okay, you know, we'll pray for your brother and all that other stuff. And the other guy was kind of quiet. So he turned and looked at him. And he says, well, you know what my sin is? I gossip. <laughs> and I cannot wait to go tell everybody what you guys have just said. <laughs> Listen, you cannot have you cannot have close friends and so that's that are gossipers and and i mean who would you rather as your close friend a divisive person or a peacemaker jesus would say this blessed are the peacemakers for they will inherit they will inherit the kingdom of god so our proverb says thirteen twenty, blessed uh, uh whoever walks with the wise becomes wise but the companion of fools will suffer harm according to proverbs your life will not reach the potential it's supposed to reach if you don't have wise friends around you. Because the way that we become wise, putting wise, godly friends, and listen, it takes intentionality. It takes priority. And I'm telling you, this only happens of investing time Scripture says that we need strong friends around us that we can trust. In my opinion, life loses half its meaning when it's not shared with close friends. What's a birthday party like without close friends to celebrate it with? What's a promotion like? What's a raise like without that close friend that will be willing to celebrate with you? and not reject you? What's a deck, a backyard, a dining room, a kitchen, a front porch, a lake, the mountains, a golf course, tennis court, Starbucks, whatever, without close friends to enjoy it with? The way we become wise 
is by putting wise people around us and investing in them. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? With your heads bowed and eyes closed, let me just ask you, what is God saying to you as a result of this message? Maybe more importantly, what, what, is, what is your next step? What is the next step that God wants you to take? I mean, do you need to evaluate your relationships and, and the close friends around you? Do you need to be intentional about putting some wise people around you? Do you need to sign up and get involved in a, in a life group for the fall? To where you just start developing Christian friends. Where this isn't your only contact with Christians. You, you have some people around you that can pray for you and encourage you and support you. Maybe, maybe you just need to accept Christ. For Scripture talks about there's a friend that sticks closer to us than a brother, and that's Jesus Christ. The Scripture says that when we are in Christ, we have a relationship with Him, that we become a, a friend of God. And He's loyal, and He's honest, and He's committed. And he says that I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Maybe you just need to accept him and ask him just to come into your life and start a relationship with him. Maybe this morning you say, you know, I, I just have a prayer request. I just need prayer. Or either you're trying to make a decision in life, you want to pray for a friend, whether you're walking through a difficult time in your life, it may have something to do with what I talked about today. It may, have, it may have nothing to do, and that's okay too. But if you'd say, you know what, I, I, just, I just need prayer. I just need someone with flesh on to add their faith to my faith, to encourage me, to comfort me, to, to speak into my life, and just to pray for me. Then we want to pray for you. Just a few minutes after I pray, we're going to stand as soon as we stand. If you need prayer in any area of your life, I'm telling you, it's a safe place. As you stand up, would you step out, begin making your way down to the front. We'll have people coming with you. We'll have prayer partners down here that are trained in this area. This is, this is part of our service when we minister one to another. Allow us to add our faith to your faith to encourage you and to support you. So if you need prayer, as soon as I pray and we stand, you come. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your love. And Father, we thank you for your grace. Father, we thank you that you love us. Thank you that you're faithful. And so, Father, right now, I just ask you to pull this church very closely to you. That we would understand that we're responding to you. And if it would, would people just find comfort, encouragement, and support? Would they know that they've just met with you? Would they be able just to leave their burdens here, their prayer requests here, and know that you've heard them and that you'll respond? Father, we thank you for the, all the testimonies that we have of what's happened when people just humbled themselves and prayed. And we look forward to that today. Father, we love you. We cannot see, wait to see how people are going to respond to you this day. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please?